This episode is brought to you by Paladin, the premier technology provider for multi-channel networks and digital media companies, including Maker Studios, Awesomeness TV, Studio 71, and more. The Paladin platform streamlines processes, increases efficiency, and grows revenue for media companies that represent more than 200,000 content creators and a collective 15 billion monthly views. Visit paladinsoftware.com to learn more or request a product demo. You're listening to All Things Video. I'm your host, James Creech, and today's episode will be the first in a four-part series about the history of multi-channel networks, or MCNs. For those of you wondering, what is an MCN? I've done an entire podcast dedicated to answering that question. But as a quick refresher, multi-channel networks are next-generation media companies that represent online video creators. Let's begin our story by understanding the context in which MCNs were born. We are in the midst of a global revolution that has fundamentally changed the media economy. In the past, content production, delivery, and monetization were the exclusive domain of film and television, industries dominated by media monoliths. Social media didn't exist. Films were distributed in theaters, released on VHS and DVD, and finally Blu-ray, and TV shows were viewed in primetime or purchased by DVD box set. Films made stars out of actors who'd been blessed by media executives, and television was dominated by big networks, NBC, CBS, ABC, and later Fox. This top-down model saw us through several decades, from the era of I Love Lucy all the way to Friends. But today, everyone has a smartphone in his or her pocket, and online video platforms like YouTube, Facebook, and Snapchat have made it possible for anyone to be a creator. As technology has democratized access to the resources of production, distribution, and promotion, millions of people all over the world have embraced the creator moniker, particularly young people. Now we have vloggers, let's play gamers, unboxers, makeup tutorialists, and other online personalities, collectively creators or social influencers. And these creators are building loyal audiences that rival, and in some cases actually eclipse, those of traditional media outlets. To put that in context, 112 million people tuned in to watch the Super Bowl this year, but more than a billion people are active on YouTube and Facebook every month. The numbers are crazy, and the resulting disruption is turning the traditional media model on its head. Multi-channel networks emerged as a response to this massive shift in the media landscape. The term was originally used to refer to YouTube networks that helped creators grow their audience and monetize content. In exchange for these services, the MCN would receive a percentage of the revenue generated on the creator's YouTube channels. So in a sense, early MCNs were one part talent agency, one part ad network, and one part social marketing firm. Since then, MCNs have experimented with various business models and evolved significantly. In fact, the companies that bear the MCN moniker are so diverse at this point that the term itself has become a bit of a catch-all. Today, we'll talk about precursors to MCNs that existed between 2005 and 2008, right at the dawn of YouTube. As I mentioned, in future episodes, we'll dig deeper into each of the stages of the MCN evolution. YouTube launched in February 2005 with the goal of empowering people to broadcast yourself. Google acquired the fledgling video site in October 2006 for $1.65 billion and rolled out its partner program, allowing content creators to monetize their videos through ad revenue in May 2007. During this early period, companies like Next New Networks and Revision 3 began to produce original content specifically for online audiences. YouTube acquired Next New Networks in March 2011 in a step toward becoming a media company, not just a technology platform. 
They rebranded it as Next Lab, and it was designed to help creators and traditional media players understand how to take advantage of the new online video site. And Discovery Communications purchased Revision 3, which at the time was being described as a web-based TV network, in May 2012 for somewhere between $30 and $40 million. These two early players, Next New Networks and Revision 3, really set the stage for the first wave of MCNs that would come next. Let's recap what we discussed today. Number one, there's been a fundamental shift in the media landscape as the resources of production, distribution, and monetization have been democratized, meaning now everyone has the ability to be a creator. We also talked about MCNs, which are media companies that represent online video creators. They grew up in the YouTube ecosystem and were initially pretty reliant on YouTube's partner program, which allowed creators to monetize through advertising and the MCN would take a revenue share. The precursors to the first major wave of MCNs include Next New Networks, which was acquired by YouTube and became NextLab to help creators and traditional media companies, and Revision 3, which was acquired by Discovery in an effort to make an early play into digital video. This was the first episode in a four-part series about the history of MCNs. Today we talked about precursors to multi-channel networks. Tomorrow we'll talk a lot more about MCN 1.0, the land grab phase, which lasted from around 2009 to 2012. Thanks for tuning in. As a reminder, we're having a special live episode of All Things Video as part of Silicon Beach Fest. You can find more information and RSVP on our Facebook and LinkedIn pages. We also hope that you'll leave us a review on iTunes if you like this episode and share it with a friend. That certainly helps. And send us your questions to allthingsvideopodcast at gmail.com. Again, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.